Today on the Show Me Institute podcast, Dr. Susan Pendergrass is joined by Crosby Kemper III. Crosby is the executive director of the Kansas City Public Library, former CEO of UMB Financial Corporation, and is also the co-founder and chairman of the Show Me Institute. They discuss the past, present, and future of Kansas City. Find more Show Me Institute podcasts on SoundCloud at SoundCloud slash Show Me Institute and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass and Crosby Kemper. Well, thanks for joining me in the pod pit, Crosby. I'm sorry that you haven't seen it before. It's very luxurious, right? Susan, I'm excited to be here. And and everything I thought about the the hiding places of Mm -hmm. uh, the capitalist exploiters is obvious. This is it? This is the bunker? Yeah, this is the (laughs) bunker. This is our NORAD? Yeah, and, you know, the... the, the, uh, uh, Vintage wines, the the comfortable lounge chairs. We spend as much time down here as possible It's it's pretty incredible. Um, I did a podcast recently with Rex Singfeld, and as you know, he loves St. Louis, and he gets very frustrated by St. Louis. And we talk a lot at the Show Me Institute about Missouri's big cities, which would be St. Louis and Kansas City. Uh, I'm new to Missouri for the most part. I know a little bit about St. Louis. I've lived here five years, but I know very little about Kansas City, although I read a lot of what we write here. But um, I just want to know more. And I want to know from somebody who's spent most of their life there so far. So far. And, um, and I know that you've, you know, you've brought up some of the issues that you have with what goes on in Kansas City. But I also know you're super involved and you, and you follow everything very closely. So as somebody from Kansas City, I would wonder if you could tell me your four favorite things. My four favorite things. Well, of course, we have the greatest libraries in the in the world, uh, and not just uh, the Kansas City Public Library, of which I'm the director, yeah. but the uh, the Johnson County Library, the Mid Continent Library, and the other smaller libraries. We're we're we're, we're the greatest library city. That's we have three awesome. gold medal libraries that we received uh, from uh, the, the, uh, Laura Bush in the White House and nice. uh, and Michelle Obama in the White House, et cetera. Um, so it, it's a great library town. It's a great sports town. Not it not is. as great, I would say, as St. Louis. St. Louis has the best sports fans, I believe, in, in the world. And you Having guys don't have here, hockey, do you? Living, and we don't have hockey. Okay. Uh, we do have a great soccer team, though. Right. We have a really great soccer team, which is a surprise, because St. Louis, like Milwaukee and a couple other cities we could go into, because of the German population, uh, as well as other European populations that it got in the late 19th century as soccer started to rear its ugly head. Um, uh, you know, St. Louis should have the great soccer team. We're getting City. one, though. Okay, eventually. We're getting an MLS team eventually. Right, that's okay. great. And uh, so I look forward to that. So great, great sports town. Kansas City, as you're aware, is the, called the Paris of the Plains. And uh, and and it, I'm it's, now aware it's it, it's a very beautiful city. You know, we have we have gentle hills. You know, people think uh, the the flat Earth society starts in Kansas City and and goes through Kansas, but in fact, we have these beautiful rolling hills. Mm-hmm. We are a, we call ourselves a city of fountains. And J.C. Nichols and William Rockhill Nelson, uh, August Meyer. Uh, and uh, a guy uh, uh, named George Kessler, who was sort of a, uh, a student of uh, Olmsted and Vaux and those guys, created a great park system, lots mm-hmm. of fountains, boulevards, parks and boulevards is really the origins of what's called the City Beautiful Movement. Nice. And Kansas City, the Kansas City inner ring suburbs uh, are really, the Country Club Plaza, et cetera, the Country Club District is really a beautiful example of a, a, of a certain kind of what's now called the new urbanism. Uh, but really originated in Kansas City with uh, the men I mentioned. So Kansas City is a very beautiful, uh, beautiful place. It seems like are are millennials moving there, or my have I been so, reading? So here, that here's the it's deal. The hip thing to do. If you believe that, and here here is both a, a wonderful thing about Kansas City, and if you uh, 
uh, read the uh, uh, the Ma- magnificent three volume history of the United States by Daniel Borston. You mm, would have read about this yet. in the second volume. He talks about boosterism as a thing in the United States, right? That we're, we're all always selling ourselves on ourselves, right? Uh, it's a great a couple of chapters in uh, in the second volume of his what's called the Americans. Um, uh, his three-volume history of the United States. And Kansas City is one of the primary examples. He's got maybe the primary example. And we're always doing that. We've done that recently. You know, we built the Kauffman Center. We have the uh, great uh, sports teams, et cetera. Um, we've, we, we've revived downtown. And all that is true. We have great arts district. Uh, we have uh, one of the great uh, art museums in the United States or the world in the Nelson, uh, a, a great contemporary art museum that my father built called the Kemper Museum. So we, we have all those things, and we, we've created an atmosphere that's very positive and, 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 and wonderful. And the Chamber and others keep talking about these top ten lists yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that we get on. We got on a lot of these lists, you know, for this year's tourist destination or whatever. Yeah. The problem is, and you brought up millennials, and and we think we've created this atmosphere. We we we're, we're spending a billion dollars sure. over the next ten years on our streetcar to bring millennials mm. right to downtown. Because what millennial doesn't want to ride a streetcar? Well, absolutely, <laughs> you know, and and actually, unemployed millennials <laughs> like love to ride the streetcar all day long. Our problem is that uh, the and the unemployed th- uh, word is the key word there. Uh, and, and this is a debate that Joel Kotkin uh, and Richard Florida have had around the country, and in which I think Richard Florida has essentially surrendered to Joel Kotkin, which is, which comes first, latte land or the jobs? And what comes first, of course, are jobs. Of course. You have to have the jobs. And if you spend your money the wrong way, if you start spending money on what you think is going to attract the millennials as an amenity, uh, the streetcar, the convention center, hotel, a brand new airport, that kind of stuff, which is what Kansas City has been doing over the last two decades. Um, do you get more millennials? And the answer to that is no in Kansas City's case. The City Observatory, uh, Brookings, uh, Casey Rising, which is essentially created for the Civic Council in Kansas City, uh, which is a series of metrics on Kansas City, all, all those sources show uh, that Kansas City is not net uh, uh, bringing mm. in educated millennials. Okay. Well, um, I know St. Louis is not. Yeah, and St. Louis is not. And we Can- do this Kansas City's doing too. slightly better than St. Louis on that score, I think. Um, though St. Louis is doing slightly better than Kansas City in terms of one of the key ingredients there, which is the success of startups. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kansas City with the Kauffman Foundation, one would think, should be a, a home to uh, millennial uh, startups. But, in fact, the key ratio of business startups to business failures is net negative in Kansas City. Uh, why do you think that is? Is it well, I think ta- it's, taxes? So, so we have an economic development policy in Kansas City that's about one thing. Uh, it's about subsidizing uh, corporate real estate corporate and, and uh, developer real estate. So we, we're, we're doing tax incentives, and it's about $200 million a year. I finally got the city to add all this up, it's about, <laughs> which would be the second largest. That's li- a lot of money. Well, it would be the second largest line item after the police department and the city budget if it, if it were all aggregated in one place, which essentially uh, new government accounting standards have required. And the city sort of begun to do it, but had not publicized yeah. it at all until I publicized it in the last uh, couple of months. 
And but so it's a huge amount of money, and it's all all it does is is it supports corporate real estate or subsidizes luxury apartments. That's right. what we've done, and uh, and there is no evidence, and there's lots of study of this, lots of research. There's no evidence that subsidizing real estate creates jobs or creates economic growth. So our GDP numbers and our our job growth, and particularly quality job growth, mm-hmm. uh, is way down. We've subsidized a, about 15 hotels in the last decade. Uh, most of them downtown. And so what have we created? Well, not a whole lot because we still have the same number of conventions we had 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, we have, uh, we've modestly grown our total visitor dollars, mostly regional uh, in, uh, in nature, uh, but we haven't grown our percentage of occupancy of hotel rooms. In fact, a study that the Convention Bureau, Convention and Visitors Bureau uh, just did shows that because so many new hotel rooms are coming online, that our our occupancy rate's going to plummet over sure. the next year. Got the, the same number of people center. and more hotels. Yeah, exactly. But we subsidized all that, right? Now, one thing we have grown substantially, and this has happened around the country. I think it was Brookings did this study that came out about a month ago that showed that uh, uh, in the in the last few years, I forget the exact time period, but in the last few years, uh, a, a, the percentage of jobs grown in the United States that's in hotel and restaurant jobs has grown from about 4 or 5% uh, to about 10% of new really? jobs. And in Kansas City, it's 11%. Oh, my we're, gosh. We're a leader in hotel and restaurant jobs. And what does that tell you? It tells you low value, yep. uh, low income producing, yep. uh, low educational uh, component, requirements, yep. uh, requirements uh, uh, and very little upside potential. Uh, hotel and restaurant jobs, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're not good uh, quality jobs. And I jobs. imagine if the occupancy rates plummet, some of those hotels are going to go away. I mean, the corporates aren't going to keep a, a non um, yeah. an, you know, non-full hotel going if, if there's no... Um, skin in it for them. I mean, there's no return in it for them. They're not going to just keep well, going on that. Exactly. And and that, and so that harms the taxpayers and the, and and where the taxes would have gone, which is you know one reason I'm concerned about as a librarian because some of those taxes that are abated and diverted, that is how the economic right. policy works. And the schools. And I don't think people realize that yeah. money's taken out of the school budget and given to corporate it, it's developers. It's a huge amount of money every year. <clears throat> about $30 million comes out of the school district's budget. Uh, and and this is the school district that has the highest uh, level of challenged students sure. from broken homes, low-income homes, yep. poverty-stricken uh, 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 kids. And and we're taking thirty million dollars a year out of the school district for that, and three million dollars a year <clears throat> out of the library budget. The mental health budget is ninety uh, percent funded by property tax, which is diverted to uh, developers. Yeah. So I mean, it's a crazy. And you thing have an earnings tax. <clears throat> and we have an earnings tax, and what no one in Kansas City is willing to talk about, except me, and I talk about yeah. it endlessly, <clears throat> as many people tell me, uh, is the earnings tax is a flat tax from dollar one. Sure. So it's a very regressive tax. And particularly when you understand the structure of the earnings tax, it's basically your W-2 tax, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the the assistant manager at McDonald's who makes twenty or $22,000 a year is paying a full 1% yep. uh, of his or her income. Uh, the, the lawyer who makes $400,000 a year uh, or the doctor or the, you know, the pr- upscale professional or the person who's getting stock options sure. as part of 
of their uh, compensation, the high-paid executive in a corporation, et cetera, et cetera. None of those people is paying a full 1% of the earnings tax. Some right. of them don't pay any earnings tax at all. Right. And uh, so it's a And you guys have a, an attractive Kansas City, Kansas to, to deal with, too. Jo- Johnson County, Kansas, not Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas, which is a lot like Casey Moe without the suburbs. Okay, because like the, um, across the river in Illinois doesn't attract a lot really, of people yeah. out of St. Louis. It's but. a bed- bedroom community, whereas uh, Johnson County has, has got a lot of, uh, of the new downtowns in Lenexa. They just built a new yeah. Lenexa city center. Um, mm. uh, where the government is and, you know, big apartment buildings. So if you don't want to pay the earnings tax, you can just cross the there river. There are plenty of ways to not pay the earnings tax. Plus, you know, you, or you can go north or south on the Missouri side. Missouri State has lower taxes. Sure. So uh, you go to Liberty and Kearney or you can go to uh, Peculiar and Belton and places like that and, and pay much and lower taxes. And I'm sure taxes. companies do. And companies do, and and lots of small businesses, lots of For small sure. businesses go go there, and increasingly large number of professionals go there, and uh, so at the end of the day, it's bad for Kansas City to have the earnings tax. It's clear that we're leaking yeah. uh, leaking jobs, particularly high quality professional jobs, because of the earnings tax, uh, and then the, the unfairness of it. The, you know, the fact we talk a lot about equality these days. The one thing we ought to get right. And I believe in a progressive income tax, a modestly progressive income tax. But what we've got is something very different than that. We have a, uh, a tax system that can be gamed over and over again. Yep. So you know, both property tax and the earnings tax in Kansas City and sales taxes are designed so that certain people pay a lot less of them. And all of those people are the wealthier people, people who could be paying. with good lawyers. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, we have the same thing here. I've, some people have talked about even if we kept the earnings tax, maybe giving it a standard deduction like your federal income tax has, mm-hmm. your state income tax, or somehow not taxing the first dollar, giving people the first 12000 or something right. that they don't get taxed on would be one option. Um, so there's a bunch of things related to taxes, but if you could go back 100 years, what would be like one of the policies, one of the things that happened in Kansas City that you would would have changed? Well, I'd say, you know, there was a moment when we put the earnings tax on, which was uh, supposed to pay for some infrastructure, and then it would go temporary, away. Temporary, yeah. A temporary tax. One, one thing I would say is don't complicate the tax system. Make it really simple. I, I believe this is a fundamental underlying principle. Taxation should be low, simple, fair, certain. Where do you think uh, Kansas City's headed? So let's just say it's say 2050 what's kansas city going to be like so so i will say and i think the show me institute has had something to do with this i'll take a tiny little bit of credit myself um kansas city's finally facing the music about what we've done this all these incentives there the this civic council and the chamber have got committees on which i serve uh, uh which are looking at this they They brought the Brookings folks in. They're even reading our research at at this stage. So they know that it's not working. They know that what we've been doing is not working, despite all the boosterism, that it's not working. So whether or not they can really reform it. Now, we've taken a big step in reform in that we've gotten temporarily, at least, but still it's a step in the right direction, gotten rid of the border wars. The two governors of Missouri and Kansas signed a a document saying that they were not going to give state tax incentives uh, for companies that crossed the border, taking jobs across the border without adding new jobs and and all that. And that and that's great. Now, mm-hmm. and the city of Kansas City has endorsed that idea. Okay. That our new mayor, uh, Quentin Lucas, who the library works with and who reads Show Me Research, um, 
Uh, now, that hasn't been endorsed yet by Johnson County and by the cities of Lenexa and Overland Park. Um, but they don't have the same tools that Kansas City does. So we may actually w- have won that one. Now we just need to make sure that on the Missouri side and on the Kansas side between uh, jurisdictions uh, on, on both sides of the state line, uh, that that we we get rid of some of the the, the ugly subsidies, and we're looking right now at a, a hotel that's five hundred dollar a night uh, rooms luxury hotel called the Hotel Bravo that wanted a a, a subsidy that would essentially be something like sixty percent of the cost oh, of the hotel. No. Right? Did they get it? Well, it's uh, I think before the council right oh, now no. as we speak. I mean, literally, I think oh, as we're no. speaking on Wednesday afternoon, uh, it, it it's before the council now. The mayor is against it. And that's the first time we've had a mayor that's against nice. doing this stuff. And Because uh, and we got- have demonstrated at the Show Me Institute that sometimes the people who give those tax credits out also benefit politically. They get campaign contributions. It's, it's Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. And Show Me's written about this. Patrick Tui has written about this with yeah. a, a, some help from me and from a guy named Dan Coffey who actually did the, the research showing that, for instance, uh, Burns & McDonald, uh, our great engineering company, a truly great engineering company, uh, over 300 members of uh, Burns & McDonald gave contributions uh, to the mayor of Kansas City, Sly J. Coincidence. Yeah, what Isn't a coincidence. Hmm. And uh, and they're the infrastructure consultant to the city of Kansas City. <laughs> they got a $1 billion no-bid contract, which was revoked when the Star and the Show Me Institute wrote about it uh, uh, to build the new airport. Um, plus they have, which has just been revealed, a $300 million tax break uh, for investing in the cloud, which they are the only ones who qualify for, interestingly enough, uh, in the Missouri State Legislature. It's a good set of qualifications. Yeah, well, you know, he had to be a certain size, investing a certain <laughs> yeah. amount of money, et cetera. Your so name only, had to start with a B. You, yeah, exactly. Involve so, a D, yeah. So, so uh, uh, Burns and McDonald, uh, you know, contributed over 300 people, all, almost all of whom, 90% of whom lived in Kansas, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, to the Kansas City, Missouri mm-hmm. mayor. Uh, and lo and behold, they got this $62 million <clears throat> tax break for their new headquarters. Go figure. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, they have a great business plan. When I was a banker, uh, I was involved in the financing of their pre- – and my father was involved in the pro- financing of their two previous headquarters, and uh, which they didn't need any public money for. Um, and they're very, very successful, and yeah. they weren't going to move anywhere. They weren't going to do anything else. We just gave them $62 million. Yeah. What was that all about? So do uh, you see Kansas City uh, doing anything positive to bring jobs? Like we talked about this thing with the millennials. Like what are, they, are they doing anything to bring places that uh, young college graduates would want to work? So I, I, you know, I think that the key thing there uh, is to, to re- uh, address uh the, the tax policy, mm-hmm. crime, and education. We know those yeah. are the three things that people look at when mm-hmm. they're when they're choosing where where to go. Now they're going to look at what a sexy city you are. So yeah. you know the, the the amenities, things like the the, the streetcar, uh, are going to have something to do with it. And our our barbecue and jazz culture would sure. have, have something to <laughs> do with it. But we know actually people move because there's a, a job growth going on. Okay. And redirecting our economic development policy towards away from real estate and towards jobs makes sense and lowering and simplifying our tax uh, structure would go a long way mm-hmm. we also have to deal with the crime rate which is close to the highest in the country st louis is very close to to, to I, our, our crime yeah. rate too and and you know missouri's got a problem in that in that regard we're not dealing with it we're not dealing with it what at would all. be your suggestion well doing real community policing same and, and i talk about that like beat cops yeah, you know, and we need 
people well, exactly. who know the neighborhood. You can drive through the crime-ridden neighborhoods on the east side. Yep. I've done this in a particular neighborhood uh, that's between me downtown and one of my library branches and also between me and my daughter in the northeast, uh, Kansas City. I drive through what... Uh, uh, let's see what it's called neighborhoodscout.com has called the second highest crime neighborhood in the United States. Uh-oh. And, uh, and that neighborhood has some police presence, but they're all in cars. Yep. They're always in cars. And I, you know, that's kind of protection for them, but it's not community policing. And we know we're not doing real community, uh, policing. Yeah, I live in the city here in the city of St. Louis and, uh, crime is a big problem and it makes a lot of people want to move away. And I have to continue to motivate myself to not move away because, they're not on top of the crime thing. And then there's education, which is what, you yeah. know, I talk about a lot. At least Kansas Kansas City parents have demonstrated that they, what they want to do is be able to choose their child's school because half of them choose a charter school right. and another 20 or 30 percent are choosing magnet schools. So well, that's one thing we know. And the school age population has gone to the suburbs too yep, it's shrunk. Uh, as well so they're you know the school district now has about 15,000 kids uh charters have about 13,000 kids uh it, it, as some inner city private schools Cristo Ray etc oh, yeah. uh, there's a total of about 30,000 kids roughly speaking uh down from 25 years ago there were 70,000 kids oh, in, the, in the school district and uh I, I will say this. Also, the direction in Kansas City is positive. The superintendent, our current superintendent, Mark Bedell, whom we work with very closely at the library, um, Mark is here for the long term, mm-hmm. which is not true of previous superintendents. Um, two, um, he's interested in working with charters. Yeah, yeah he's, he seems he's not, to be. He's not an opponent of school choice, uh, which everybody else has, has which been. Which is a, such a big deal. It's like a, when, when there's a collaborative relationship, it yeah. makes all the difference. It, it's, a, it's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and three, he's interested in the basics. He wants to get reading right. Um, he, wants to, he wants to do things that are sort of basic grassroots stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and he hasn't got some big silver bullet plan. He's right, just right. got a plan to do the basics right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and we've got a, a, a relatively, uh, not, I won't say relatively because I don't know him well enough to make a qualification like that, but we have a better person in charge of the ed school uh, at UMKC. Okay. UMKC had an ed school that refused to give uh, their uh, their metrics to uh, the National Council on Teacher Quality, for instance, uh, a few years ago. Uh, and I think I think our new guy is better, and and, and that that's a key component of this. So I think there's positive stuff going on uh, in K through 12. But our our real underlying problem is we don't understand excellence. We don't understand where it comes from. So our Blue Valley schools on the Kansas side are very good schools, yep. relatively speaking. But their demographics show they should be great schools. Mm-hmm. They're in the top 500 or 700, something like that, in terms of their performance on, say, the ACT mm-hmm. in the country. Uh, their demographics are in the top 100, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe in yeah, the top 50 I've adjusted the all the school scores in the state in a paper that's forthcoming. I've adjusted them all for demographics to see, like, here's where you are and here's where you would be expected to be. Right. To see if you outperform or underperform. And Kansas City public schools don't do, both on both sides of the mm-hmm. state line, don't do very well on the adjusted mm-hmm. Uh, basis that do a little bit St. Louis schools do a little better Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. some of the St. Louis suburban public schools okay one thing I want to ask you about because I don't understand it and I use this podcast to educate myself the water rates in Kansas City you have mentioned before that you think that there is 
a concern about how expensive the water is? So two, so two things, Explain, uh, just to give you the basic background of this. So the, the city has, you know, we have grown, unlike St. Louis, we've grown very substantially the, the, the geographical footprint of the city. We're one of the, uh, we have one of the largest uh, 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 geographical footprints compared to our population of any city in the United States. And that's a difficulty because you have to build out the infrastructure, especially sewer and water. So the city, while it expanded, which was great in some ways, you keep getting a, a, a good a growing tax base, um, but we were growing the infrastructure base as well. But we weren't, we didn't spend any money maintaining uh, and reforming, restoring the old infrastructure. Okay. So, old pipes. Yeah, well, old yeah. pipes. We got right. lots of. We have hundred. We have some hundred and fifty year old pipes downtown, Impressive. for instance, um, and and they're not wearing well. That's let's right. just say that. And and the EPA came in and said you're also leaking stuff that you don't want to be leaking. Uh. You've got sewer and water coming through the same pipes, which is a, a no no for the last couple of generations. That doesn't sound. That's a, yeah. Well, you know, the <laughs> water tastes tastes really good. I got to tell you, it tastes really good. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the, so the EPA said, you've got to do something about this. It's a big plan, a couple billion dollars it was going to cost us in the early 2000s. And then we added on some environmental things we wanted to do, et cetera. It got to be about $5 billion. And we started to raise the sewer and water rates. But we didn't actually spend any of this money on that. We were con continuing to spend the money on everything else we were doing, including the city continues to raid the sewer and water money for other things, such as uh, it paid some money into TIF funds that they were supposed to tax increment financing, these tax subsidy funds. Uh, they got an audit saying they hadn't paid their own taxes into the fund. And they raided, what did they raid? Initially, they raided the airport fund. Then uh, we blew the whistle on them doing that in the airport fund. And so they shifted it to the water fund. Well, they do stuff like that with the water fund all the time. Have they replaced the pipes? 50 years. They are replacing them now, but they've raised the sewer and water rates to the highest rates in the nation, roughly speaking. Atlanta has very high rates, and there are a lot of places in California that there are some places in California that have higher rates than a lot of So places. people have been paying really high rates for a long time, yeah. and they haven't well, started. They're recently. going up at 15% a year. Um, and it's at insanely high levels now. So Kansas City now has one of the highest water turnoff rates in the nation. Sure, because of people on fixed people income. People on fixed income can't pay it. You can't Poor pay something can't that goes up fifteen you know, percent every year. So you know you got you got schools that may be marginally improving in the inner city and inner ring suburbs. Uh, let, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. We get some good people working on it, but mm -hmm. are still not great schools. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the, one of the highest crime rates in the nation. You have very high, uh, we're in the top 10 uh, in terms of high taxes in the nation, right. of the 100 largest cities. Uh, we're in the top 10. And we have very regressive taxes. And we have the highest sewer and water rates. And why do we think millennials might not be coming yeah, into Kansas City? Yeah. Why do we Why do we think we're we might want to rethink what we're doing? Um, and and I will say we're starting to get some traction on this because of what Show Me has done. Uh, so, so, some of it is that I you know I bring this up all the time. Mm -hmm. People are sick of my bringing it up, but I'm going to keep bringing it up because <laughs> Fine. it's it, it's the basic truth that we have to live with, and it's the reason we're not getting the educated millennials. It's the reason our reason our job growth is slow. Our quality job growth is even slower. The, because you're not getting the basics right. We're not getting the basics. Water. Right. You do that first. You do the basics first. Absolutely. And the rest, the rest will uh, will come. And and then you know the last thing I will say is we have a, a lot of good individual people at our educational institutions, UMKC, uh, uh, 
the, the Metropolitan Community College is mm-hmm. Johnson County Community College and only 40 miles away, the University of Kansas. But if you look at their rankings and you look at the overall quality, mm-hmm. none of them are doing very well. Mm-hmm. KU, which was doing really well for a while in the 90s, um, has been slowly over the last decade and a half sl- uh, slipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, UMKC is uh, not doing well. The latest, uh, I think it's the Wall Street Journal version of this, and the, all the rankings we know sure. are, uh, you know, can be criticized for one reason or another, but they reveal something real. Mm-hmm. Um, UMKC and the University of Missouri at Columbia were both down at 323 and 325. We, you know, we're the only city of schools? our size. In, uh, no, the, the whole school. Oh, in, not in good. the Wall Street Journal rankings, that you know, the, and the U.S. News and World Report rankings, sure. that Washington Monthly's got a ranking. We don't look good in any of those rankings, and uh, uh, we're the only city, Kansas City. St. Louis at least has Wash U, right? That's and St. Right. Louis U, both of whom sure. score higher than anything we've got in within you know sixty miles of Kansas City, and uh, and that's a huge problem. And again, it's a quality problem. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of quantity going on mm-hmm. uh, in, in in our schools, and we have some individual points of excellence, oh, of but the overall mm-hmm. uh, uh, level of excellence is very we have low. Some outstanding charter schools. And, and we like have some outstanding, good, well, like Academy top schools, Lafayette, or, yeah, University Academy. Like University there's some Academy. of the top schools in the state yeah. are Kansas City Charter Schools. Yeah, which Co- is the impressive. Kaufman School and Academy yeah. Lafayette are in their categories, uh, two of the very top schools absolutely. In, in the state Waiting of any list. kind. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Okay, one more thing that I uh, wanted to talk to you about that's come up recently, uh, or I didn't know about it. I used to work at a federal statistical agency, the National Center for Education Statistics, in D.C., and. Um, it's come to my attention that the Economic Research Service and another subgroup of the U.S. Department of Agriculture are being moved from D.C. to Kansas City, first of all, and not very many people are happy about it. Of well, the empl- n- none, many of the, of the employees none of the Washington, D.C. employees are happy about it. Let's, That's let's right. face that. I think about five of them have agreed to move. Yeah, you know? out of, I think, 500. Out of 500 it's a right. very low number, maybe 50. Uh, but I, in terms of this border war thing, I'm hearing that it, Kansas City, Missouri may be trying to give them an incentive to not go to Kansas City, Kansas. I think the federal government said you're going to Kansas City. I don't know if they could right. pick Missouri, Kansas. And supposedly, supposedly the governors and the mayors and whatnot, yeah. uh, county executives, worked out a deal in which they, everybody would offer the same incentive. But okay. you know that's not really true. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I feel I have two feelings about this. One, um, the federal government should not be asking for incentives at all. I mean, <laughs> right. those are tax dollars that shouldn't be asking for additional. If there's some reason for the federal government to move something to Kansas City, they should absolutely not be asking for tax incentives. Absolutely. Um, so that's for it's just basic ethics, it seems to me. Um, the second thing I would say is I think it's a great idea to distribute federal agencies. Yeah. But the way they've done this, which is on you know a day, certain, exactly. you know, in in a year, they're going to take 500 employees and move them from Washington D.C. to Kansas City mm-hmm. is idiotic. Right. Um, and uh, uh, you know, if they if say, well, we're going to establish a new agency and we're going to yeah. establish in Kansas City one thing, it, they're going to say we're going to give you a number of years to work that work through this, and the people who want to come. Can come and yeah. the rest of you will find other jobs for that'd be another thing but they just basically decided to do this as a political uh, sop to somebody 
and so it's a political deal. So I'm, I'm totally against uh, against that. From a, again, there's a basic ethical problem sure, with sure. what they're doing. I mean, I can I could see the argument for putting the USDA into the heartland where agriculture happens. You know, I can. But again, it was done so suddenly, and and I do think that the idea. I, I'm thinking that the National Geospatial Agency that just is building a huge campus in St. Louis probably got tax breaks, and you just brought that to my mind that that's the federal government getting tax breaks from a city government. Yeah, it it's makes crazy. Makes no sense. Whatsoever. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Taxpayers giving uh, a, a, a tax break to a, a, a taxing agency mm-hmm. is, you know, part of a taxing agency is crazy. Uh, well, one thing Kansas City's got going for it is you and the attention that you pay to it, and that you are you. staying on top of all the things. Not everybody thinks and, so. But um, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.